for the sake of time, let's just ask the Lord to minister through his word. Father, we thank you so much for everyone who's come this morning. Lord, we know that the subject of prayer will never be exhausted on this side of heaven. But you said you would let men pray always and never give up. Lord, you said that you wish that your house would be a house of prayer. And Jesus, you taught us that we're to pray and be persistent in our prayer. This morning, Lord, we want once again to ask you, just as your disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us to be effective in our prayer. Teach us, Lord God, to take advantage of the times you give us. Because, Lord, you said that, Lord, that we to always pray. I pray that, Lord, even this morning, that, Lord, that there'll come up, not just information, but, Lord, that you'll impart, Lord God, a love, a, a commitment, a, a desire, a greater faith, Lord God, in the hearts of your people. That faith will rise up, Lord, that they'll grow in their relationship with you. And, Lord, that they'll leave this place chained. Do what only you can do. We ask these things in Jesus' name and all God's people say. Come on, let's thank him one more time. It's on the screen, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. I want to read, and the Bible says, And one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. I believe that everybody should have a place of prayer. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Say that with me. Say, Lord, teach us to pray. I want you to know that God wants you and I to know how to fellowship and how to approach him, how to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, and he said to them, when you pray, it's not if you pray, Prayer should be the regular part of every believer's life. And I want you to know, if you and I are going to grow and have a devoted life of prayer, we already talked about it, you need to set aside a time to pray. Look at somebody and say, it's time to pray. Everybody needs to have a set time. I believe that the first part of every day should be started out in our time with the Lord. David said, Lord, in the morning will I direct my voice, and unto you will I look up. I believe and we'll give God the first and our best part of the day. I mean, you know, he'll bless the rest. Come on. Say this with me. Say, if I'll give God my first and my best, he'll bless the rest. Come on, say it again. If I give God my first and my best, he'll bless the rest. And so I've learned that when we give God the first part of our day and the best part of our day, that God will bless the rest of our day. And so Jesus then said, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. We want to talk to you. Well, we, we're going to pick up where we left off. We say the first part of prayer, and it's on your handout, is that we're to give God a sacrifice of praise. Hollow means to worship, to praise, to honor the name of God. We sung songs this morning to tell you that there's, there's no other name under heaven where we can be saved. There's in the name of Jesus, there's healing, there's deliverance. And we're to hollow the name of God. The names of God are throughout the Bible. One of the names of God is the Lord is my shepherd. How many you know he said he'll always be with us? He'll guide us. Another name of God is the Lord is my provider. Jehovah Jireh. How many you know he's a God who provides all, my, all our needs? The Bible tells he's the Lord our healer. How many you know he'll heal all our diseases? And so we're to honor the name of the Lord. Can somebody help me honor his name right right now. Come on. And, and one of the first parts of prayer is to give God 
a sacrifice of praise. It doesn't matter how you feel. Sometimes we don't always feel like blessing His name. But the Bible says we're to bless Him at all times. Bless Him when you feel like it and bless Him when you don't. Because He's still worthy of our praise. And if you'll get your feelings out of the way and learn how to get your faith plugged in and say, God, I don't care what it feel like, I don't care what it look like, I'm going to bless you at all times. And the first aspect of prayer is giving God a sacrifice. Secondly, he said, pray your kingdom come and your will be done. In Matthew's version, he says, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, one of the greatest aspects of prayer is the prayer, learning is a prayer of surrender. It's not about your will. God is not some Santa Claus that we can say, Lord, do what I want you to know. We're here to serve him. He's the God of all creation. He's the Holy One. He, we're not created for, he's created, um, we're created for his pleasure. He didn't create us for, we, you know, we don't just approach God any kind of way. He is to be honored. And he is to be worshipped. And we are to honor him. And we are to say, God, not my will, but your will be done. I want you to know we is the prayer of surrender. Sometimes it's the hardest aspect of prayer. Because how many of you, sometimes we want things that God doesn't want for us. Can anybody other than me say amen? amen. Anybody ever desire things? That, and, but God, you know, some, God always answers prayer, but sometimes his answer is no. Aren't you glad that sometimes God said no? Because, I mean, you know, sometimes we wanted something, but aren't you glad that God closed the door because he realized it wasn't the best thing for us at that time? And so we need to thank God that he's a loving father, and he always wants the best for us. His plan is always good. His way is always right. And I want you to know what he, he, what he has for you is always best. So we can always trust him knowing that his will is, is always right for us. Can I have an amen? That brings us to the third part where we want to pick up this morning. Um, prayer involves God supplying our needs. Jesus said, when you pray, say, give us today our daily bread. I, I just want to just first of all thank all of you Last Sunday was my birthday. It's also October's traditionally Pastor's Appreciation Month. And I want to thank you for every phone call, every text, every um, card, every gift you gave. I, Ann and I were so humbled and full and so appreciative. I'm so grateful to Pastor some of the... I just want to say... And you have loved us and supported us. And so give yourself a prayer. Come on, let's thank God. I just want to say... Thank you, thank you, thank you, amen, and thank you for loving us uh, in spite of ourselves, amen? But this aspect of prayer is realizing that God is a loving Father, and He wants to meet your needs. He wants to bless you. You know, when you get a revelation that Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to do. Isn't it sometimes we spend so much time worrying about how we're going to make it, how we're going to get through. But I want you to know Jesus said, listen, God already know your need. Aren't you glad that you have a father who know you and he know every need in your life? Somebody say amen. I'm reading at Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 30 through 33 in the Living Bible. 
It says, so do not worry about these things, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? These things, listen, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. The King James said, after all these things, the, the, the pagans run out. That's what they, they spend their energy. Do you know that life is more than food, more than drink, more than cars, more than houses, more than things? Don't live your life just for those things that's going to pass away. Everything that we have here is going to pass away. God knows you got needs, and he already wants to meet your needs. But don't pursue these things. Pursue God. Pursue a life of him. Pursue a life of obedience to him. Jesus goes on to say, listen, he said, your father knows that you have need of these things. Aren't you glad he knows what your need is? These things dominate the, the, the thoughts of unbelief. Listen, your father already know all your needs. Look at somebody and say, God know your need. Come on, say it like you mean. Say, God knows your need. He know what you have need of. You sometimes are sitting there wondering, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to get through. But I want you to know, the same God that brought you through to this point, he's the same God who keeps bringing you through. Can I have an amen? He will make a way. Where there is no way. Jesus goes on to say, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. That is probably the greatest promise in the Bible. One of them that God says, if you will make his priority your priority, if you'll make his purpose your purpose, God says, I will see to it that everything you need will be supplied. Somebody say amen. amen. How many have tested the Lord and seen that he is a faithful God? That he, David said, I've been young and I've been old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed big for bread. How many know God know how to take care of you? I want you to know we have a good daddy. Come on, somebody give him praise. He's a good God. He know how to take care of you. You don't have to worry. Look at somebody and say, you don't have to worry. Because God knows your need. Philippians 4.19 is a verse we often quote, And my God shall supply all your need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. See, the problem is never with our need. The problem we run into is with our greed. See, God promised to meet your need, but he never promised to meet your greed. Today in America, we enjoy the highest standard of living of any people on the face of the earth. Do you all understand that? There are more than 7 billion people. As Americans, we make up 300 million. We don't even make up 1% of the world's population. I might be wrong on that, maybe a little more than 1%. But here's the reality. We live better than most of the world. God has blessed us. But here's the time. We're making more money than we've ever made. We're enjoying a higher standard of living than we've ever enjoyed. We, we have more stuff than we ever had. And yet we have people who are drowning in debt, who are discouraged. Because the problem is that sometimes we have not learned to live within our means. We're ever wanting more. And you see, debt 
in financial bondage is usually a sign that we're living above, beyond our need, and, 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 and going into things, buying things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. God wants you debt free. The Bible says, oh, no man nothing but to love him. And I want you to know, you have to learn how to start trusting God to meet your need. God has already promised that he'll meet your need. But he didn't say, I'm going to meet your greed. And so we got to come to the Lord and say, God, listen, I'm trusting you to meet this need. How many know he's a good God? He wants to, I say, he wants to bless you. I, 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 I want you, he wants to bless our lives. I've learned that, listen, when you learn to trust him and live a life of dependence on him, God will cause you to live a life so full that I want you to know that I, I, there is a joy, there is a fullness of life that only he can give. The Bible says, one of my favorite scriptures, Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, says, there is he that gathers and yet, I mean, there is he that scatters and yet he increased and that he that gathered and he, ha and he has nothing left over. The liberal soul shall be made fat and he that waters others shall be watered himself. Here's the secret, God says, listen, if you live to be a blessing to others, if you live to find out not what I can give, but God, who can I bless? Because God is a giver. God so loved, he gave. And if you live a life learning how to bless and how to give and how to ever be pouring out to others, God said they'll always be pouring back unto you. Somebody say amen. amen. We got 10 of you believe that. Amen. I want you to know that you cannot ever, ever, God is a generous God, and he loves when we're generous. The Bible said God loves a cheerful and a generous giver. Let me just tell you, one of the way God meets people's needs is through his people. And I just want to say right here, if you've been blessed, one of your prayers should be not just God give me my daily bread, but God, who can I bless today? God, who's struggling who I can be a blessing to? Lord, who can I reach out to? Lord, who can I serve today? God, what need would you want me to meet? I want you to know that God has blessed our lives so much that I'm often asking, I, I say, Lord, you have, you have blessed my life so amazingly. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just telling you, when you think about all the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, oh, I want to tell you, there's something on the inside. I just want to jump. Come on. I just want to dance. Anybody beside me, when you think about the goodness of the Lord, oh, I, I think I got one. I say, anybody beside me, when you think about what God has done for you, He's a good God. I'm telling you, God is a blessing God. He's a good God. It's amazing what he'll do for you. And when you, when you meditate on how, I don't, you know, think of, you know, just think of how your life has been. I met with the men yesterday for breakfast, and I said, how many of you, because of Jesus, your life is better? How many of you, because of Jesus, you're a better father? You're a better husband? You're a better employee? How many of you, because of Jesus, your life is rich because of Jesus? How many of you, and all the men say, that's us. I mean, I want you to know that, listen, if your life is not better because of Jesus, you, you serve in the wrong Jesus. Can I have an amen? But Jesus, I like that song. He makes life so much better. I'm a better father. 
I'm a better husband. I want you to know, God, God has taken, you know, isn't it amazing how he changes your generational line? I don't care what your grandfather like. I don't care what your great-grandfather. When you come to Jesus, God rewrite the script. Can I have an amen? And now because of Jesus, my life is full. My life is blessed. And the Bible said to him, much is given, much is required. Because God has blessed our lives. How many you know we're debtors? We, we should look, seek out, who God, who can I bless today? We should be like David. Lord God, who can I bless because you've been so good to me? Who can I be a blessing to? And when you live to seek out how you might be a blessing, God said when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these other things shall be added. Anybody want more of the blessings of God on your life? Just hold your hand up right now. Father, I thank you. You are God of no lack. You see your people. Lord, we want to be channels of blessing. We know that we brought nothing in this world and we can't take nothing out. We're just, we're just stewards. We're just managers of what we have. But Lord, you want to trust us so that we can be greater blessings. I pray for everyone who have their hands raised up that you will let more. Let the more begin to be poured in their lives. More of your resources. More of your blessing. More of your favor. God, that they might be a blessing to this world. Just like you say to Abraham, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. God, make us a blessing to our family, to our community, to our world. Lord, they need to see a people who are blessed by God who are called to be a blessing. Now bless your people in Jesus' name. Come on, now give God a praise offering. Our Father, give us this day our daily bread. He wants to bless us. He wants to meet every need. The Bible says in Proverbs, I'm sorry, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer. Let your requests be made known to God. It says, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Listen, isn't it something, and the peace of God, which pass all understanding, will keep your mind and heart. There's nothing God leaves out. God is concerned about everything. He's concerned, if he knows the number of hairs on your head, how many know he knows everything about you? And so the Bible says, you don't have to be anxious about anything, but say by everything. Say everything. That, that, that includes everything. That means God concerned about your dog. God concerned about your cat. Oh, yes, he is. I might not be concerned about it, but God is. God is concerned about you. He's concerned about everything that concerns you. God, God's got a blessing for you. But how many of God wants to bless your life? But you know the secret is, listen to what he said. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. But everything, but everything by prayer. Supplication means requesting, asking, seeking. The Bible said we have not because we ask not. Sometimes we ask, we ask with the wrong motive so we can be greedy, so that we can show off. God said, I don't answer that kind of prayer. But when you get the right motive, I'll answer that kind of prayer. But ask, supplication, with thanksgiving. See, always remember that God is good. So he always deserves thanks. Everything give thanks. He said, then let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that past all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Just do that right now, right where you are right now. Whatever the need is, if you don't have a need, you got a family member that got a need. Come on, right now. I want you to take a minute right now and just right now. Whatever the need, you might have a need. Your family member, you might have a child that has a need. Don't, don't listen, there's no, there's no, it might be a surgery for someone. It might be a, a, a need here. Whatever the need is, God knows the need. 
you just bring it to the Lord right now. Come on, just offer a prayer right now. Come on, I, you learn by praying. You learn to pray by praying. Bring it up to the Lord. Come on, let's just pray. Father, you know every need. You said, don't be anxious. Some came in here this morning. Their hearts are heavy. They're weighed down by worry. They got, they're weighed down by all the cares of life. But Lord, you said, we're not to be worried. We're not to be anxious. But everything, everything, everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let our request be made known. Father, for every healing, every medical condition. Father, for, for those that's facing, Lord God, financial life. For those that, Lord God, worried about a family member. That those, Lord, worried about a, a wayward child. God, you say everything by prayer. Let our request be made known. God, we give that child to you. God, we give that financial situation. God, we give you that physical situation. Lord, you love us and you're concerned about everything. God, the things we're not even aware of. Lord, that mental condition. God, you know about every situation. God, and we bring it to you right now. And we thank you that, Lord, you're not only hearing our prayer, but that, God, you're answering. Now, let's thank God all over this place for answering prayer. If you believe that he answered your prayer, come on, thank him for it. If you believe that he heard you right now, come on. If you believe that he loves you, if you believe that you got a good daddy, give him some praise right now. Come on. Then he said, and this is the next aspect of prayer. Prayer requires us to confess our sins. Forgive us our debts, one verse, and forgive us our sins as we also forgive others their sins or their debtors. Listen, this is the only part of prayer where Jesus felt the need to reiterate. He jumps down in Matthew's version in verse 16. He said, for if you do not forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also will not forgive you. I'm sorry. If you forgive men their sins, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I can't afford God not to forgive my sins. How many need his forgiveness? Just let me see. Your, how, many, how, how many need God to forgive your sins? Well, listen to me. Then forgiveness is not an option. But isn't it amazing how sometimes as the people of God, we allow our hearts to become filled with hate, resentment, bitterness, jealousy. Sometimes we hate our haters. Anybody but say, you know, I don't know about you. I, I mean to realize sometimes we're going to have haters in this world. And sometimes we want to hate on our haters. But God said, no, you got to love your haters. You got to do good to them. And we all, listen, we all wrestle with sometimes loving difficult people. And I just want to see, anybody you got some difficult people in your life, just raise your hand. Anybody, come on, look, look around. I'm glad I'm not by myself. Anybody got some difficult people? Now listen to me. God put them in your life so that you can learn how to love the way Jesus loves. And this is what he says. This is the part of prayer that we have to learn how to forgive. Forgiveness is essential for an open heaven. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 23, I'm reading out of the Living Bible, he says, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, 
and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar and go be reconciled to that person. Then come offer your sacrifice to God. Listen, Jesus was teaching us a principle that God, if we're going to experience his presence, then we got to have right relationship. You can't enter God's presence when you got wrong relationships with others. One of the hindrances to prayer is that when we hold unforgiveness, well, you don't know what that person did to me, but you don't know what you did to Jesus. It was your sins that put him on the cross. It was your sins that caused him to be whipped, that caused him to put a crown or throne on his head, that caused him to be beaten beyond recognition. It was my sins that put Jesus on the cross. It was your sins that put Jesus on the cross. So if he forgave me of all my sins, who am I not to forgive people for sinning against me? And so Jesus said it's essential that if we're going to have answered prayer, that we learn how to have right relationships. I want to speak to you and I who are married. I want you to know you can't, you can't be angry and not forgive your spouse and expect God to listen to you. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. I know you ought to say oh me. The reality is, listen to, listen to what the Bible says. I'm a re- I, say the Bible. Now, husbands, God addressed husbands, but how many you know this is true for wives as well? But listen to what he's saying. In 1 Peter 3, 7, it says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wife and treat them with respect as a weaker partner and heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. If you're a husband and you're not considerate and respectful of your wife, then I want you to know, God said, I won't hear your prayer. There were times in my marriage where I was upset with my wife and I thought I could get, get uh a direct channel to God, but God said, Neil, I ain't talking to you right now. <laughs> you go apologize to your wife, then I'll listen to what you got to say. Because God is like this. If you can't love the person that you say you're one with, how are you going to love me? God said, you got to get it right there. Look at somebody and say, we got to get it right. That's not just true for husbands. I mean, you know, if you got a wife and, you know, you, sometimes wives can hold it long time. You know what I'm talking about? They, they, a man, you know, men, most men get over in a, few, a day or two. A woman will hold it for a whole month. <laughs> oh, <I'm, laughs> say, help us, Lord. <laughs> I'm telling you, my, my mother told me a story about somebody in, 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 that they grew up with, and, and they said that it was, it was a known fact that the, that the, that the woman uh, didn't talk to her husband for seven years. I mean, that's the wrong time. <laughs> now, listen to me. I'm telling you, I know, that, I know that ain't none of y'all. But if you and I want to have an open heaven, how many want to have an open heaven? How many want to have an open heaven? Then listen to me. If you want to have an open heaven, then you've got to have right relationships. Right relationships with your spouse. Right relationships with your co-workers. Right relationships. Because God, 
God is not just concerned about our vertical, our relationship with him. He's concerned about our relationship with others. Nothing, nothing, nothing grieves or, dis or, or causes people to not see God in us than when we have unforgiveness, hate, resentment. One of the reasons why sometimes the church have not always had a good reputation is because they've seen sometimes in the church mean-spirited, hateful, bigotry. How many of these things ought not to be upon, among, uh, among the people of God? How many of Jesus said, by this will all men know we are his disciples because of our love one for another? How many want more of his love in your life? Do me a favor. Grab the hand of a person next to you. I want to pray right now. Father, I pray all over this room that the love of Jesus will once again fill our hearts and that we would be reminded of how you loved us when we were unlovely, when we didn't deserve your forgiveness, yet you forgave us. Lord, and you said, because you forgave us, we ought to forgive one another. And so, Lord, I pray for that person right now that's struggling with forgiving someone. Maybe someone hurt them. Maybe someone violated them. Maybe someone molested them. Lord, maybe someone, Lord, abused them. God, I know that we're living in a broken world that's broken by sin. But, Lord, there's no sin that you can't forgive. So, God, you said that because you forgave us, we're to forgive. And so, Father, I pray right now all over this room, I pray let forgiveness, let healing, let the love of Jesus fill our hearts so that, Lord, that we will be carriers of your love to a broken and a hurting world that needs to know the love of Jesus. Father, do it right now in Jesus' name. Now, let's thank God for it right now. Come on, let's thank God for it. Come on, let's thank God for it. Oh, come on, let's thank him. I'm telling you, I'm purpose to loving people. Let me just tell you, you know what? I want you to know that we, you're going to have misunderstanding. You're going to have disappointment. I, I, Marvin, don't mind me using him as an example. Uh, a few weeks, a few months ago, Marvin and I, we, we, we had a misunderstanding. And I knew when we got off the phone, I know that was some hurt feelings. You know what? But I said, listen, I don't, I'm not going to let the devil uh, build a wedge there. I called Marvin. I said, Marvin, you forgive me? He said, I forgive you. I said, you still love me? He said, yeah. I said, because you can't go to heaven if you... He said, I forgive you. <laughs> Come on, let's thank God. We got to forgive. We got to walk in love. There's none of us that are beyond sinning. None of us are beyond hurting people. Sometimes it's unintentional. Sometimes it's intentional. I want you to know, but that's why Jesus said, when you pray, say, Father, forgive me my sins as I choose to forgive those who sin against me. Say that. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins as I choose right now to forgive everyone who sinned against me in Jesus name come on let's thank him for it right now come on oh yeah this is the prayer that gets results if you and I will learn how to pray Pray a prayer of sacrifice of praise. Pray a prayer of surrendering our will to the Lord. Pray a prayer of supplication. God, supply my need. And then pray prayer that God, I'm confessing my sins. 
you know what? We'll always walk in a life of victory and answered prayer. And lastly, as I close, listen to me. This is the last aspect he's talked about when we pray. The Lord's prayer is not a prayer. It's teaching us how to pray. I want you to know prayer involves spiritual warfare. Say spiritual warfare. How many of you know you're in war? Some of you think when you got saved, you was invited on a cruise ship, but you were invited on a warship. I want you to know that the minute you became a Christian, you became a mortal enemy of the devil. The Bible says he's not some fictional character. He's not some, some, some fictional character that you see during Halloween. I'm talking, there's a real devil that's plotting, that's scheming, that's, true, that, that's, that's every day. He's, he's plotting to destroy your life. Jesus said he came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The Bible said we have an adversary like a devil who walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I want you to know the devil wants to destroy your life. But how many know there's a greater one? His name is Jesus. And he said, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But I want you to know, we have been given power. We have been given authority over all the power of the devil. But I mean, you know, given authority and don't use it won't help you. You got to use it. Imagine somebody breaking your house and I just left you with a 38. But you say, well, I, I don't know if I got permission to use it, so I'm not no, you better pick up that 38 and God's given you and I authority. He's given us power over all the power of the devil. I'm reading, listen, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, finally be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against all the strategies of the devil. I want you to know the devil knows you. He studies you. He looks for every weakness in your life. He looks for every way he can tempt you to destroy you, to distort you, to keep you out of the will of God. The devil will try to defeat you with condemnation. He'll try to defeat you with pride. He'll try to defeat you with, with depression, with heaviness. I want you to know he's always scheming against you. So you got to learn how to put on the armor of God. Can I have an amen? Put on the whole armor of God. It talks about the armor here. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood. One of the greatest things that you and I must always remember is that people are not your enemies. Look somebody and say, people are not my enemies. Look at somebody and tell them, you're not my enemy either. One of the things you need to remember, because listen, one of the schemes of the devil is to get us to fight one another. Oh, I want you to know, I said one of the schemes of the devil is to get us to mistrust one another, to be jealous of one another, to be offended at one another, to have enmity or envy or, 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 or anger towards one another. The devil is always scheming, and I want you to know, you, isn't it amazing, you can wake up, uh, everything was going great, and all of a sudden, the, de uh, the devil will throw you a thought. I mean, listen to I mean, I, I, I've been married... This is going to be 35 years in a few months. Listen to me. My wife and I, we, 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 you know, you've been married that long. You, you know, you've been through some time. How many understand that? And we could have just had the most amazing time, wonderful time. Everything's going good. We get in the car. And then my wife go to picking. 
Now why you have to go that way? And before you know it, I'm blaming on her because she don't have the mic. Come on, y'all know that. But before you know it, here we were, we, we were just at peace with one another. Where did that come from? How do you know that's the devil? I want you to know that devil is always looking to bring strife. He's always looking to bring division. And I want you to know sometimes we got to catch ourselves and say, no, hold on. We are about, they ain't even worth arguing over that. I mean, you would be amazed what my wife is meticulous about. She, 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 she's. My wife is very meticulous, and, and, and she, she, if, if she see a hair growing out of my ear, <laughs> and I could have been just having the most wonderful conversation. Say, Neil, did you cut that hair? I said, no. <laughs> and I say, she didn't just change the whole floor of the car. I, I, I don't even want to talk, right? <laughs> my wife said, let me have the mic right now. But isn't it amazing how we can find fault in the little bitty things? Now hear me, I just want to bring this. All of us face temptation. Your temptation might not be my temptation, but all of us are face temptations. And the reality is that, that Jesus said when you pray, say, God, don't lead me into temptation. Hear what, I'm, what I want you to know. The Bible says the temptations in your life or no different what others experience. Some, I was just thinking as I was meditating, I got on my bike as I was preparing yesterday, and I just started riding. And, I, and the Lord was just showing me, you know, some their temptation might be to lust for another woman. Some their temptation might be to leave that woman. Some might have a temptation to get pride. To, 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 some might have a temptation to take their life. Some might have a temptation to take somebody else's life. Some might have a temptation, you know, we all deal with different struggles and the Lord began to show me that all some of themselves but we did to 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 to, to want to hurt somebody some might have a temptation to want to hurt themselves but we deal with different kinds of temptation how many of the devil he hates us and he's always warring against us and the primary place he wars is in our mind see in our mind he brings thoughts that's why the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are, are not not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations and every thought, say every thought, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. When I find myself, I could be sitting in, if I find myself starting to get melancholy and I find myself starting to get negative and I find, I'll, I begin to recognize right now, oh, hold on, that's the devil. I say, that's the devil. Listen to me. And I find me, you know, if you're not, you know, you're, my, my, my mama used to say long years ago, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. No, the problem is you woke up, you, 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 instead of giving yourself to prayer, you started meditating on the devil, on the negative. And before you know it, if you don't give yourself to prayer and filling your mind with positive things, the devil will fill you with negative things. And then all of a sudden, instead of th looking at people through the eyes of Jesus, you look at, Mark, why are you looking at me that way? You got something? You got I mean, isn't that how we get there? Isn't that? That's, but how I many of that's just the devil? He wasn't even thinking. He, he might have been thinking, man, I, I, I appreciate it. But all of a sudden, my mind going somewhere. See, and that's why we got to learn how to cast down thought. And so let me just, let me just close by showing you how to win 
over temptation. One of the examples we see is in the life of Joseph. Joseph was an example of a man who loved God and he overcame temptation. I just, just you could apply it to your life, whatever the temptation you face. But here, there are three things that you got to know about temptation. Number one, that when temptation comes, it always, the Bible says, from the heart or the thought life precedes all lust, adultery, murder, lying, thieves, and cheat. You got to always deal with the enemy on the inside. And the Bible tells us that Joseph was a handsome fella, and, and he was working for his boss, and his boss wife started liking Joseph. And she, 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 one day the boss wasn't there, and Joseph was alone in the home, and she said, won't you come and lie with me? But Joseph could have justified it. See, that's why we get in trouble when, we, when the enemy brings negative thoughts contrary to the word of God. We can say, oh, that feel good. That sound good. Oh, that look good. But Joseph recognized that that wasn't a thought of God. That was a thought from the devil. So the first thing you got to do is every thought you got to bring in line with God's word. I want you to know that, listen to me, that, uh, you know, years ago, you know, folks uh, got uh, carried away by this confession and they started confessing oh I believe God's going to give me this person uh, as my husband and they already married how many know that's the devil and she and David I'm sorry Joseph immediately recognized that that thought and that attack wasn't God it was the devil he could have justified well I'm lonely well I'm single well God know I need somebody God, no, I, 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 he, he understands. I'm just human anyway. See, that's when we get in trouble. Say the devil is alive. And we got a generation, the world will tell you to rationalize sin. It's okay, but I want you to know sin always takes you further away from God. Sin always causes you to miss God's best for your life. God got something great for your life. The devil always offers a counterfeit. It might look like it's the right thing. It might be pleasurable for a season, but the end is always death. God's will is always good. Can I have an amen? And so the first thing you and I are going to do is we're going to deal with temptation. We got to first learn how to agree with God's word. Say agree with God's word. Anything thought, any idea, anything that comes in your mind that's contrary to the Word of God, you got to bring it in line with the Word of God. Does it agree with what God says? Does it line up with what God says? Sometimes the devil will try to tell you, well, you're nobody, you're nothing, you're never mind. Well, does that say what God says? God says you're chosen. God says you're royal. God says you're my beloved. God says you're my special treasure. So you got to, when the devil tries to, oh, you ugly. You ain't nothing. Oh, you are no the, the devil is alive. Tell them, say, say the devil is alive. And you got to line up your thought life because today we're living in this idea where if you don't look like uh, Beyonce or if you don't look like Kim Kardashian, you know, the world tells you you don't measure. The devil is alive. You are beautiful. Look at somebody and say, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're wonderfully and fearfully made. You're God. God didn't make a mistake. Can I have an amen? Come on, say it. Say, say God loves me. He made me just the way I am. Now, come on, thank God for that. God loves you. God loves you. And you got to stop. So the second thing you got to do is let me just tell you. There's always a part that we got to play. When we're going to overcome temptation, how many of we got to do our part? The Bible says in James 4, 7, 
Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. I want you to know overcoming temptation. Oh, well, I'm okay with it. No, you got to fight against it. You got to resist it. You got to say no. You got, let me just tell you, when those things come against your life, you got to resist it. God said resist, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When, when that Joseph knew that that woman wanted to lie with him, what did he do? He made a decision. He decided, no woman, you're another man's wife. I can't lie with you. I can't do this wicked thing against God. I choose to resist you. He chose, he made a decision to avoid it. Let me just tell you, sometimes overcoming temptation is common sense. Let me just tell you, if, if you know that somebody uh, uh, wanting to ha have an affair with you, don't call them up. Don't give them your phone number. Delete their... Uh, Facebook friend account, whatever you got to do, you got to avoid. There's some things you got to resist that this happened. I, 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 this, you know, I, I'm going to just share with you. Uh, young girl I went to school with, beautiful young lady. Hadn't seen her in probably 30 years. Contacted on Facebook. Oh, how you doing? Oh, Neil looked up. I said, listen, I'm a pastor. Why don't you come to church? Came to church. She had the wrong motive. She made a, a wrong comment. I just said, delete. <laughs> I unfriend. I recognized that was the devil. I said, I recognize that was a... Somebody say amen. amen. See, the problem is you start saying, oh, I can handle it. The devil is alive. Listen to what Jesus said. Pray so that you don't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Say, the flesh is weak. And see, that's why we get into trouble is because we think we can handle it. No, you can't handle it. G Peter said, Lord, I'll never deny you. Jesus said, Peter, tonight before the rooster crow three times, you're going to deny you never know me. Jesus know every one of us. And Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Say, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so we have to resist temptation. We got it, and we resist it on our knees in prayer. Can I have an amen? amen? And lastly, listen to me. You know that lastly, that woman, she wasn't, the devil is, is tenacious. He don't give up. She kept after him. She plotted. He was, one day, she was saying, oh, I'm going to get that rascal. She waited till nobody was around. She waited till only he was in the house. And she went in there, and she put on her nice lingerie. And when he was in his master's room cleaning up, all of a sudden she came out there buck naked. Ah, that's my inter. Come and lie with me. And she grabbed him and said, "Come and lie with me." The reality is, is this: you put the, the reality. What did Joseph do? What did he do? See, some of them don't know their Bible. Listen, what did he do? He ran. He ran. The Bible says she grabbed hold of him. I want you to know, I want you to know the devil wants to destroy you. You might think it look good, but the devil just wants to destroy your home, destroy your family, destroy your life, destroy your relationship with God. You got to run. Say run. And so listen to me. When it comes to temptation, you got to first learn how to deal with it in the mind. You got to bring every thought and subjection to God. Secondly, you got to resist the devil. But thirdly, listen to me. There's a time to stand and there's a time to run. 
Paul writing to Timothy, he said, flee all youthful lusts, but follow after righteousness, faith, and peace with them that call on God out of pure heart. If you've had a problem with drugs and alcohol, you don't go in a drug house and say, well, I'm going to try to win my friend. No, you got to avoid some place. You got to run from that. Can I have an amen? Listen to me. There's some things we got to run away from. God will give us the grace. He said, I will make a way of escape. But how many of you, we got to take the way of escape? If you're going to run this race with Christ, I'm finishing and closing by. If you're going to run this race, if we're going to live victorious, part of prayer is you and I doing the practical. There's sometimes God said, I'll make a way of escape. But how many of you, you got to take it? I said, God will make a way of escape, but how many of you got to take it? Let's, let's conclude. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that in the Lord's Prayer, you gave us victory over temptation. You promised to meet all our needs. God, you promised to, we'll pray and seek your will, that Lord, and make your kingdom our priority. Prayer is not a food take care of us. Lord, we thank you that prayer is not a formula. It's a relationship. God, I love you. Thank you that you love us. And Lord, you want us to grow into a growing relationship with you. I pray for those today, Lord. There's some here in you may be here today and you may be having a need and you may have been struggling, worried and anxious and you don't know how it's going to turn out. But I believe that today God wants you to know that he know about your need and he's been waiting on you. He's been wanting to meet the need. Sometimes we do things in our own strength because and we leave God out. But God said, if you'll involve me, I'll take care of the need. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. I've been, my, I've been having a lot of worry and anxiety over, or whatever the situation. If that's you, just slip your hand up right now, right over this. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Amen. I see that. Amen. Amen. Others are here. And you may have wrestled with God. Sometimes it's difficult Loving people who cause hurt, disappointment, pain in my life. And for you, God is saying, today I want you to learn to forgive just as I've forgiven you. If you're here today and that's been a challenge in your life and you're saying, but I want to make a decision today to forgive that person. If you struggle with forgiveness Anywhere, anyone, if you struggle with forgiveness, just slip your hand up all over the place. I want to, I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Amen. Amen. And lastly, lastly, I want to just pray. Listen, right now, if you just be honest, you've been saying, man, I've been really battling a particular temptation. It might be temptation to feel insecure. It might be temptation to, 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 hurt someone it may be whatever but you right now you just been under a battle you've been in a spiritual war right now and 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 you just say boy i knew i needed that today i've been going through it i've been in a spiritual war right if that's you i want you to slip your hand up all over the place you've been in a battle right now whatever it is amen 
Though all over this place, those you that raise your hand up for any of those, just stand to your feet right now. I just want to pray. Just stand to your feet right now. Those you that you said that was for me. That was for me. That was for me. Listen to me. I just the Lord just told me today, listen to me. He wants to move on your behalf. He wants to move in your situation, situation right now. And I want you to on, on, he wants to move right now in, in that situation right now. And I want you to do this for me right now. Listen. He's your father. He knows you by name. He sees every tear. He hears your cry. I want you right now, just talk to him, just between you and God. Just tell him what you're going through right now. Whatever that need is, if it's a need that God, God, today, I choose, I'm not going to live in worry and anxiety, but God, I'm bringing that to you. Bring it to the Lord. Cast your care on him. If you've been hurt, and you say, Lord, I've gone through this, but I've been hurt. And I've struggled with forgiving this person. Just right now, say, God, I want to forgive. Give me the grace right now to release that person right now. Whatever it is right now. If it, if it, if it, if it is a battle you're going through right now, I want you to know we have power. It's in the name of Jesus. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for, for speaking to me today. Thank you for dealing with my heart. I choose to answer. I choose to act on your word. Now move in my behalf. Come on, whatever it is, you just talk to him right now. All over this place. Come on, just talk to him. Father, in the name of Jesus, all over this place, move right now. Heal. Bring encouragement. Bring victory. God, give them an overcomer right now. Lord, do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Lastly, if you're here today and more important than anything else, and you came in here and you said, Pastor, you know what? I came in here and I don't have a, a right relationship with God. Maybe you, you may have never surrendered to Jesus. But today you said, I want to give God my life. I realize he's a good father. He's a good God. And I want to give my life to him. The Bible says no one can come to God unless the Spirit draws. If right now God is drawing you and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus, would you just slip your hand up? I want to pray for you. Is there one here today? You want to give your life to Jesus? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, thank, let's come on. Let's just thank God for what He's doing. Come on. Amen. Come on. Let's thank God.